All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. After 4 o'clock, Jason Greger, Sean Brown, Connor Halley with you. It's game day. Oilers in the Windy City to take on the Connor Bedardless Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Uh, it is a Jason Greger show, as always, presented by PlayAlberta.ca and a full slate on the National Hockey League tonight. A lot of games for you to uh, choose from at PlayAlberta.ca, NBA, NHL, and, of course, Lotto Max. $50 million tonight, baby. Who plus two uh, Max Millions for a meal. So uh, check it out at PlayAlberta.ca. Good luck. Good luck. Man, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Maybe buy me a toupee. That'd be fun if you want. Good luck. See what happens. Uh, only lineup change tonight for the uh, for the orders is uh, Brown is going to start the game on the uh, third line, but uh, Stuart Skinner starting in goal and doesn't look like Sam Gagne based on the morning skate was getting in the uh, lineup tonight. So it'll be Yanmark, Ernie, and Hamlin on the uh, fourth line, and of course Kane stays with uh, Derek Ryan, and now of course Connor Brown on the third line. Obviously they're not moving the first or second lines. Uh, those two are playing quite well. Uh, let's go to uh, Chicago. Phil Thompson joins us, uh, beat reporter for the uh, Blackhawks. And uh, Phil, my goodness, uh, no end of uh, storylines when you're talking to new guys getting chances in the lineup. The Hawks have already used 20 forwards uh, this season. They got two more coming in the lineup tonight. Like my, I don't, I can't ever recall n- this many injuries, but this many injuries to es- essentially your best forwards, like six of your top seven forwards, are out of the lineup. No, absolutely. Uh, at one point, uh, yeah, they had eight forwards on injured reserve and one defenseman. Their top defenseman is Seth Jones. They're getting back two tonight in Taylor Radish and Joey Anderson. But it was, it was incredible because uh, five of them happened on that five-game road trip. Uh, there was only one night, I believe it was the Rangers, where they didn't have an injury. <laughs> So it was like, at a certain point, it was like they need to get back to Chicago because they can't spare another injury. I don't know what was going on on that plane, but, you know, something was going on. So, you know, the Hawks, obviously, after last season, you know, they, they went out, they got some veterans. They wanted to try to insulate Connor Bedard. I don't think anybody thought they were going to be a playoff team, but they were hoping to not just be, you know, a dead last place team. Uh, but injuries have now put them there in second last, although they're competitive at home. They're 8-9-1 and one at home. They've beaten Winnipeg. They've beaten Colorado. They've beaten Vegas. They just beat the Calgary Flames, who are desperate for a win. What is it about? Is it just the fans and, you know, it's still a sold-out barn? Like, why is Chicago basically almost a five? team at home but then on the road they're like 417 and one was it is it the crowd is does Luke Richardson get better matchups at home what's what's the the stark difference in their re, re, uh, record home and away 
You know, I, I think there's some of that, but, uh, you know, there's really uh, no rhyme or reason because if you look at the early part of the season, uh, it was flipped. They were better on the road than they were at home. You know, they, they, they were abysmal at home. Of course, they, they spent a lot of their early season on the road, so they yeah. really didn't have a choice that they're going to get a win, but they get it on the road. So, you know, the Hawks have been asset themselves. They, they can't even – uh, pin what it is with uh, Connor Bedard being out for a little bit of time here. Does would Chicago would there be any interest in bringing in like a Phil Kessel, you know, for the fan base? The fact that they you know got a little bit of traction with the uh, the Connor hype is would that be a possibility? I mean, I, I wouldn't rule out anything, but you know, they're they're not going to do anything just to attract the fans. I think the fans understand uh, what's going on here, and they're going to do things that serve the, the long term goal. Um, you know, they're. I mean, it, it could be if they if they want to bring somebody who's in who's a positive influence who who can be a leader. Of course, you know, that was the thought when they brought in Taylor Hall and Corey Perry, and we saw how the whole Corey Perry saga unfolded. So I think they're going to be real careful about who they they bring in. You know, they're bringing in young guys, guys that are looking for an opportunity, guys that kind of fit their mold um, with speed and and skill that, you know, they're just trying to plug this – Plug, plug and play until they can make it through the season, until they can make it until Bedard and Felino get back. And even a familiar name uh, that, to you guys, uh, Andreas, happened to see you. Phil, what's the what's the latest update? Have they decided is uh, is Bedard having surgery? Does he require surgery on his jaw? Has there been a timeline given on when he's going to return? Absolutely not. <laughs> they, they are being very uh, tight-lipped about uh, what the nature is. I mean, they said it's going to have uh, some kind of wiring and uh, a, a face mask or some kind of cage uh, for protection. But um, they, they won't even say, I mean, you can see from, you know, the, the impact, um, you know, uh, where the hit occurred, but they won't say the, the severity of the fractures or how many fractures. And, you know, they're being very tight-lipped. I even... Uh, ask the coach, you know, for Felino, like which of his fingers <laughs> on his left hand got broken. They won't even say that. So, you know, unless it, it comes out or leaks out some other way, um, you know, they're being very close to the best on this one. Now, and understandably so. Yeah. Uh, in this tough season of all these injuries, when, when there's injuries, you know, some guys get opportunities that maybe they wouldn't have. Uh, who are some of the young players that have, you know, maybe – taken advantage of this and while the results of the team aren't great but you know some individuals are getting good experience and and maybe playing better than people thought they might well one thing i would say you know not necessarily a young player per se is uh is definitely taking a step forward uh you know there were some questions with him the hawks didn't want to really give him another contract or they were kind of ambivalent about it they brought him back He's clearly taking a step forward. Um, same with Jason Dickinson. You know, this was a guy that was just kind of plugging a hole, and he's like their second leading scorer right now and uh, a team leader, and they just can't believe what they've gotten out of him. Uh, the person that they're hoping would take a step has been Lucas Reichel, and he's just kind of disappeared. You know, this opportunity is wide open for him. Uh, to put his stamp on this team, put a stamp on this future, and it's just not materializing right now. How about Vlasic on the back end? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's crazy, you know. Now, a lot of people don't believe in plus-minus rating. You know, I know it has a lot of flaws. Uh, But it does say something. And, you know, at one point I believe it's still true. He was a leader on the team in plus minus rating, like one of the few that had a an actual plus. I believe he was like plus 10. And he, this is a guy, you know, a defenseman that doesn't have a lot of offensive game. So, you know, that speaks even more volumes about what he's been able to do, how he's been able to hold his own. He doesn't 
typically give up a lot of goals when he's on on the ice. And, you know, he's got that long reach. He's got a little more offense than they were expecting him to have. So he looks like a nice piece that's developing, you know, quietly but steadily. Well, hey, you look at him. He's been on the ice five on five, which is a very accurate stat. 27 goals for 18 goals against on a team that's getting crushed. You know, and, and well, not crushed, but you know, uh, you know, compared no, no, to, co- compared to a lot of other guys, right? Like, you know, another young defenseman, Isaac Phillips, who doesn't play as much. Well, he's been outscored twenty-four to nine, five on five, right? And Vlasic's played a lot of minutes on, on the back end, so it's not like he's getting hidden uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And I watched him in Edmonton. The reason I asked because like, he's big. He really impressed me in that Edmonton game. I was like, man, this guy takes up a lot of space and had pretty good positioning for a young D-man. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, he, he's got good vision. He's not making a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, I, I have to give credit to Derek King when he was, um, you know, interim coach. He, he, he said Vlasic has a good breakout. He's got a, a quick stick. He, he makes quick, decisive passes with that, that reach that he has. And I was thinking of that. I can't remember the game, <laughs> but it was one particular goal where he was in the defensive end, and he had a stretch pass to Bedard. Um, and he waited for kind of a clearing in the ice, and he hits Bedard, and then Bedard zips in and scores. Like, you know, this, I mean, you're not going to really see the nuances of that on the score sheet. It's just going to say that Vlasic had an assist. But if you saw that play, like, wow, that's really savvy for a guy with his experience. Love hearing the uh, Derek King. Uh, I was a big uh, j- uh, fan of him in junior when he was big 77 for the Oshawa Generals. But what can you tell us about Bedard? I mean, he obviously had a great career, uh, junior career. He, he's got a ton of expectations. He seems to have handled it very well. And he, wh- What is it about his game and being around him that maybe has surprised you? I, I would just say kind of his, I mean, it's stupid to say that his hockey IQ like a lot of people know, like his physical skills, you know, his, his skating and you know his vision on shots and uh, and all that good stuff. But you know, a, a lot of times he's, he's got this this good awareness, and I know it's ironic to say because he's injured because of kind of a lack of awareness. But it, you know, he's a rookie. It's going to there are going to be moments where it's there and moments where it's not there. And you know, I, I think he has kind of a presence of mind of when to pick people off and, and start a rush the other way uh, that maybe they kind of underestimate him. And he gets a lot of attention when he's on the ice. They come after him. So I think if, if he could pick one thing, it's kind of hard because he, he comes with so many expectations from different people. And they've been down this game since, you know, he's practically a preteen so it's hard to say, oh, we, we haven't discovered this one element of Connor Bedard. <laughs> but for me, that's kind of what has struck me because, you know, you, you think a rookie is, is not always going to have the presence of mind to make certain plays, if that makes any sense. Uh, one last one for you, Phil. Have you heard any Roman? Do you think a team is going to sign Corey Perry before the deadline? That's a that's a good question. I think uh, you know we need to see what happens with this uh, this grievance if, if it materializes. I mean, I think he's I don't think he's particularly looking to end his career in this way. So, I mean, he's up there in years, but he he's still a contributor. Like he was actually playing well on the ice before this happened, right? Like he had a pretty good start to the season. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, for one thing, he, he's a great net front presence for the Hawks, something that they've lacked over the last few years. So, I mean, that's why, you know, he's such a good contributor. So certainly he can bring that to another team, that kind of uh, toughness. He, he's, you know, generally kind of a no-nonsense guy. So I think some team could use that. But I can tell you, you know, I, I'm not privy to those that room conversations where, you know, if you sign him, it's going to come with a certain amount of baggage, you know, yes. it's going to bring attention and you got to get in front of the media and answer why are you bringing this guy uh, into our city, into our locker room? 
Yeah, and and really, because the, the true story has has yet to come out about exactly what happened. Is exactly, exactly. Heard a ton of rumors, uh, some a lot stupider than others, <laughs> and, and that could be readily dismissed. But uh, yeah, there, there's nothing that has been 100% verified. So you know, we choose not to engage in any kind of speculation, but. It, there's enough smoke where, you know, you can see that there may be some issues that might scare away some teams or, you know, maybe with the passage of time and, you know, kind of the right spin when he gets in front of a microphone, you can smooth it over for his return to the NHL. And uh, lastly, with the orders coming to town, of course, uh, you got uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Drassel. The orders are rolling winners of seven in a row. Uh, they're 15 and three in their last 18 games. Uh, you know, obviously on paper, this is a, a clear advantage to Edmonton, but we've seen uh, Chicago plays well at home. Uh, the fans have shown up in Chicago this year to, you know, obviously Connor Bedard to uh, help them sell a lot of tickets. And even though Bedard's not in the lineup tonight, uh, do you sense there's a buzz because there's another Connor in town? <laughs> You know this this team, uh, this fan base kind of understands where what this team is doing and where they're at. So they they kind of support them. They're they are typically you know, and it's kind of a Chicago thing. They're not always these kind of fair weather fans where they don't have a marquee name that's on the field and they don't show up. And, um, you know, they're not Florida. So and yes, I used to live in Florida, so I can take that shot. <laughs> At Floridians, but um, you know they're they're generally uh, a more loyal fan base. But yeah, certainly, yeah, David and Drysaddle would be a, a draw for any hockey fan. Um, but as far as what we're going to see on the ice, I mean, it, if they're going to bring what they had against the likes of the you know the Ducks and the Sharks, uh, you know, who knows what's in store for the Blackhawks. Yeah, it could it could be a long night, uh, no question about it. The, the way the orders are playing, and, and the Blackhawks, let's be honest, like they're they're riddled with injuries. I know they got Radish and Anderson back in the lineup tonight, but you know, and they get Sanford, so they've had. I think actually, it's four roster changes from last game. Uh, they're going to go with twelve forwards and uh, and six defense, yeah. but it's still you know I was looking. They've got three guys with more than five goals uh, amongst their forwards tonight, so it's uh, it's it's tough uphill battle against one of the best offensive teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, they've been outclassed on paper before, you know, the, the biggest Golden Knights of the world and, and and beating teams like that that they shouldn't beat. But then they'll play the Arizona, Arizona Coyotes and get demolished. Again, <laughs> it's hard to pin this team. It just does not make sense to a lot of us, and, and even to some of them. You'll ask them, like, how are you beating this team and losing to that team? And they can't make sense of it a lot of times. Phil, we appreciate the rundown, my man. Enjoy the game tonight. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. There you go. Phil Thompson joining us from Chicago. So, yeah, that is – like, I've seen injuries before, but I honestly can't recall a time when you had that many players injured. But essentially it's your number one defenseman, and then you've got probably six of your, your top seven fours who are out of the lineup tonight. Bedard's out. Hall's out. Felino's out. Johnson. Athanasiu. Beauvillier. Like that's easily the six most productive players you have on your team historically. And and the Fords are all out of the lineup. So, you know, Dickinson, uh, Kurashev, those are their one two centers. Like, that's a real big ask for them to go up against uh, the McDavid uh, or Dry Saddles line tonight. And you look at even the Brown, you play defense. Like, Jared Tenorti, physical guy, but uh, like Connor Murphy's probably an, a third pair defense. Well, not probably. He's a third pair defenseman on a really good team. Well, he's going to have to play first pair minutes tonight with Tenorti and try to slow down McDavid, Hyman, and Nugent Hopkins. Like, that's a. It's. Can you do it for a bit? Sure. But I just think eventually, Brownie, like the skill, it separates itself. Yeah, the skill wears you down. I'm not a betting guy, but I might actually bet on tonight's <laughs> game. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's kind of. Shave your head bet? No. <laughs> um,. You know what? It's kind of good in a way. Maybe I guess the only positive maybe for Chicago is that they get to see some guys in some situations where they can really see what they really have. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, this table is set uh, for the Oilers to you know probably get a, a victory here. But it is the NHL too, and they just finished beating Calgary last night. I mean, you still got to play the game, and sometimes guys 
you know, yeah, for the most part, it, you know, the skill should wear them down, but things happen and guys play desperate. And I think the key for the Oilers tonight is just to come at them hard right away and take any of that, um, any of that, uh, you know, will or desire, you know, to win or, you know, cause if you let a bad team kind of hang around, we've all seen it before where, you know, a couple bad penalties, a couple bad breaks, bounces, and next thing you know, they're in it and, and, uh, it's happened. So this is, uh, the Oilers are on a roll, roll and hopefully they can take advantage of this. Quick break. Uh, we'll return on sports 1440. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you. Strutty joins us next in the Greger show presented by playalberta.ca. 430. How are you? Jason Greger, Sean Brown, Connor Holly with you on a lovely uh, Tuesday afternoon. It is a game day on Sports 1440. The orders in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. As it's time now for Struds On, brought to you by Action Electrical. You want to take action on your savings? Trust me, they know better than anyone. They have evolved over Four. 50 years to uh, what is going on over there. 50 years in uh, business. And uh, now they keep evolving and growing. If you're looking for uh, residential, solar, or commercial, check it out, actionelectrical.net. The Jason Greger Show presents Struds On. It's the memories. That's what you remember, memories. Uh, There's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Struds On. Former Edmonton owner, former Chicago Blackhawk, uh, host of uh, or co-host of the Got Your Back podcast, Jason Strudwick, joins us. Struddy, how you doing? Great. How are you guys making out? A little snowy out here, bud. Yeah, a little snow. Now, before we get to it, um, uh, the orders and stuff, we're actually, and I thought you might be able to help us out on this question because we were talking about it earlier, and I, I know you're a big fan of Seinfeld, and and uh, right now the Costanza that I have is, is growing in uh, quite terribly, but... Um, and so, as you remember in, in Seinfeld, uh, George eventually went, you know, he tried the toupee and it looked quite good. So, I'm at, do you know, like, where's the best place in town to get a toupee? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't need one yet. I've got a pretty nice little rug. Where I don't have hair is just in the power alleys, right? Other than that, it's thick. There's no monkey bumming going on around here. <laughs> All right, well, and I'm serious. If anybody out there knows, I'm looking for one because uh, we think we might have a little bit of fun with it in the uh, the final few weeks of this uh, awful uh, uh, decision of mine. Now, um, the Edmonton Oilers, uh, they roll into your town starting. Now, you've been on a Chicago team where they weren't very good, and you were on an Edmonton team uh, once in Chicago where they weren't very good, and you, you're pretty overmatched, right? And you're like, geez, for 40 minutes we were doing all right. And then, you know, they, they took over. They had all their, you know, Keith and... Kane and Taves, and when I look at the Hawks lineup tonight, right, like there's no mean Dean Arsini on this defense course, Strutty, but it looks pretty much an advantage, Edmonton on paper over Chicago here tonight. Oh, it is. There, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, the, the biggest thing, when I, when I was on a bad team, you kind of just see how it's going. You'd be like, oh, geez, we're only losing one nothing, or it's 0-0 after one, and you kind of build your confidence. So when you're, when you're a really good team, I think you've got to come out and not make them feel good about themselves. Try to put pressure on them right away. Uh, you know, looking at this decor, it's, you know, either inexperienced or playing above where they should. And I, I've been in that position. I know, you know, a guy like Tenorti shouldn't be playing the minutes he is, but that's the way it is when they don't have their guys. So you need to go at them and, and make them just feel uncomfortable. Because that, that, I know the game you're talking about, it was like Hosa, Taze, uh, Keith, uh, Kane, all these all-stars. And then, like, there was just us. Like, there, we, we didn't have a lot going on. It was right after the trade deadline. So we just were out there and we hung around. And it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. And you're kind of happy to just hang around in the game. And then what can happen is if uh, you kind of hang around, you might have a chance to lose. Maybe we get hot in the power play or we get a couple lucky goals as a weaker team. So go at them and don't give them a reason to believe. And that is – it's hard to do sometimes because you're looking at the roster thinking – this is a really bad NHL team or a good AHL team. Struddy, with the uh, Oilers obviously playing very well in their top line, doing well, their second line doing well, you know, you got McLeod and Fogle on the second line. Eventually, what, what are your thoughts? At, at what point in time do you think Kane gets an opportunity maybe back on the second line? I think he ends up there at some point anyway. Um, 
but you know they could go on a little bit of a run here for a while. Do you think at some point it's a lot easier to bring McLeod or someone down a line, knowing that they're feeling good about their game and they're playing well, and 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 find a way to get Kane going? You're winning. The team's winning. So how do you change that up? You know, they're they're on a heater. Are you going to just all of a sudden decide, well, we're just going to move our lines back to where they were? It's working. So even for Evander Kane, who, you know, I've been there before where you think you should play further up the lineup or you should be having more minutes. Um, How do you walk into the coach's office and say, I need to find more minutes? Well, we just rattled. We haven't lost a game in whatever, two, three weeks. How are we going to change that lineup? And, And I get it. I understand where that's all coming from. But right now with the team winning, I think it's, I would not be, I would not do anything to change the lineup when you're winning. You want to reward players that are playing the right way, doing the right things. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I hated when they would change a winning lineup. You know, oh, you want a different look at the lineup. Okay, well, we just won last night, and you reward us by moving me down or moving me out or moving other players up. So I think you've got to be really careful of that. Reward what's going well. And then, you know, let's say, you know, you, you know, unlikely they lose tonight, and then you got, I think, Detroit up, and, you know, it's, it could be a little bit of a run here, but the guys have to understand where they're at. That doesn't mean that Kane or Brown, Connor Brown, these guys can't be working to work their way up the lineup. There's also a case that maybe you have to push. You have to push those guys out of, the, out of their spots or, you know, get the coach's attention to move you up the lineup. It's one thing to go and say, hey, I want to, I'd like to move up the lineup. It's another going there saying, look, I'm playing well. You and I both know it, and I want more ice time. So in the case of Evander Kane, I think he's got to get skating. I, think, I don't think he's skating enough, um, getting in the forecheck, and emotionally connect to games. Is there a way to, to be more abrasive? Um, you know, get, get, get you know, irritated and pissed off, and whether you even are or aren't, just manufacture it so you get emotionally connected, and that is when Evander Kane is at his best. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I don't think Kane's played horribly as of late. Um, you know, being around the puck, he, he, you know, he obviously hasn't scored in a while. So, you know, when you're Evander Kane, you're making that much money. You want to see some goals go in. But um, he, I, I can see at times his body language gives off the impression that maybe he's not as, um, you know, as engaged as you'd want him to be. And, uh, you know, and if that's the case, it's not ideal. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, so what? You're on the third line for a short time. You know, suck it up and play hard. Like, it, it should be that simple. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm curious to see where it goes from there. But, Stratty, you look at the orders now, and, you know, I see Vancouver. That was a heck of a game against the Rangers. You got Colorado. You got Winnipeg. You got Dallas, uh, Vegas, L.A., and Edmonton. I think those are the top seven teams. Like, the orders are now five back of, of L.A., and they're ten back of Vegas with four games in hand. Like, it, I think the, the orders have a realistic shot here, Stratty, not to be more than just a wild card team by the end of the season. Like forty-one percent of their remaining games are against the bottom ten teams in the league. It's incredible what they've accomplished. You know, it's just talk about a roller coaster of emotions for not just the fans, but for that team. You know, you start off, you're just nothing goes right. You're just not playing your game. You fire your coach, and now you have a massive rebound, and and they're in the place where they're at. And I. I was hoping they could get to this, Greg's, maybe 60 games in the season, 65, 70, but not where they're at now, just after Christmas or, or, or you know, just after the New Year. It's, they, they still have to just think about just picking the guy off in front of them. Just keep packing up or, or picking up wins and just try to keep knocking down the teams in front of them because, it, you know, 10, 10 points, and I know they got the four games at hand. It, 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 is, it seems attainable. But it's a lot. You know, when you think in hockey talk, that's two weeks of hockey. And um, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but you just keep knocking them off. And then what is really important and what I look forward to are those head-to-head matchups. You know, Kings, um, Vegas, Canucks, uh, you know, Winnipeg, those big games where you can now really have a four-point swing in those moments. And those are, are really important because it's, it's, also, it's big to pick up those points. But also psychologically, I don't think we undervalue what happened even when they, they came back against the Kings just a short time ago. Yeah. Um, quickly, give me your thoughts on the uh, the trade yesterday. Two young guys in, uh, in Goche going uh, from uh, Philly. Basically didn't want to play for the organization, so they end up uh, moving him to Anaheim. And uh, the Ducks get a young defenseman in uh, Drysdale back. Uh, what do you, or Sorry, the Flyers get Drysdale back. What do you make of that deal? Well, what an interest, when's the last time a player of that level, didn't want to play for a team. Was it, you know, is it Eric Lindros? And ironically, with the same group. 
I, I can't really think of another high, high-profile young player who hasn't played in the NHL, you know, not demanding a trade, but basically just going, you know, not saying anything and then, you know, forcing a move. So I like it for the Ducks. I, I, I watched him in the World Juniors. I like the way he plays. Uh, but for Philly, you know, I, I think they kind of, two young players are swapped. A good young right-shot defenseman has had some injury issues. But I think, you know, a right-shot defenseman that can move the puck and put up points is always a welcome. And then you get the draft pick. But it was, you know, I, I, I didn't realize that these, this was going on with Cutter uh, at that time. I'd love to know the reason. I and mean, I haven't seen anything to suggest why or what it was. But to get two young players swapped like that, uh, especially that good young Rothschild defenseman, I, I, I think this might be one to look back and think in a few years, everyone kind of came out okay in this, in this trade. Well, to me, it's actually it's very reminiscent of Blake Wheeler, who was also a fifth overall selection of Phoenix in 2004 and uh, then didn't want to play for them, ended up getting traded to Boston for the uh, Bruins. And now you look at Blake Wheeler's career, right? Uh, 937 points, 1157 games played. It's turned out to be a really good player, fifth overall. So both him and Cutter were fifth overall guys. So yeah, that'd probably be the, the most recent one that's similar. A uh, guy who was playing in college. And now he played three years after, uh, uh, well, technically four, but three years in college after being drafted and just, you know, he was going to be able to walk as a free agent. They ended up trading him. And so obviously this sounds like Goche was going to do the same thing. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And then, you know, Sarah Valley reporting that uh, Zegris, I'm not surprised by this, that Zegris might be a guy that's on the move. Because when I look at Trevor Zegris and I watch his game study, I see a guy who's more highlight reel than substance. <laughs> He's an Instagram darling. You know, EA Sports, whatever it's called, they, or NHL Hockey, they love that. It, it's just, it's a dream. And he's very talented, and he does put bums in the seats, and he draws eyes uh, on the highlights. But when I watch him away from the puck, that is where the game gets a little slippery. Now, the good part for a, for a, a player like that, I wish people would have said, man, we wish he was better away from the puck. We, they'd say, we don't want him touching it. That's what I heard all the time. So, you know, you, 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 it's, it's something that he can work add on. and improve and work towards. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair, right? Like you, yeah, you you hope that you can inst- like it's hard to build skill. You you hope you can improve the work ethic. Yeah, the work ethic, and then working for your teammates. Um, you know, when I watch him, and again, I don't watch every night, but when I see them play, it feels like he wants his line mates to do the work, and then he kind of once he gets it, then he gets energized, and that's hard to play with too as a line mate. You know, you really have to have someone who says, "Okay, I'll be the worker bee." and I'll get this guy the puck and he can do what he wants. But after a while, you don't always want to be the worker bee. Sometimes you want to get the puck given to you or, or, or dug out of the corner for you. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Then what's his value? You know, it's, that's the point that's interesting because what is his value? What is his contract going to look like? Um, and what's their appetite for, for, for trading him away? So I, yeah, it's a talented player, but, but where does he go from here and what do they get from him? That's, that's going to be really interesting for that that group trying to get, get a little bit more competitive moving forward. Strutty, last one. Um, Skinner going tonight. Uh, I guess that means Pickard's going to go in uh, in Detroit. I'll say this about Knobloch. He, does, he has subtle little ways of wanting to build confidence of his players. Right? Like, you look at the penalty kill. He has his, his four defense and his three uh, groups of two forwards, and he rolls with it. Even on a double minor early in the game against Ottawa, he didn't shuffle away and throw McDavid in, and he didn't throw in Dry. Well, Dry Settle took one face off and then came directly off. But you know, McLeod, Fogel, Brown, Ryan, Nugent, Hopkins. Uh, you know, his six guys. They just rotated in, and. You know, Calvin Pickard, there's twice now where he had a chance to play Pickard against Chicago and opted not to and gave him the New Jersey game and now might be giving him the Detroit game. And I think that, that, you know, as a backup, it's, you know, everybody knows where Chicago is, right? Like nothing's a guarantee. But, you know, if if we're betting odds right now, who would be an easier team to play? I think we'd all say Chicago, right? Like I kind of respect that in a coach. And the players got to notice that, don't they? They do. And I think it inspires confidence in, in, you know, Pickard. Um, and maybe he's trying to build him up a little bit to say, hey, this guy is able to do more than maybe we think. We don't just have to throw him to the to the second worst team in the league. Um, but it's it's so crucial for them to continue to get him in there. And so maybe that's the point. They don't want to just play him against the bottom. They want to get him against some teams that are you know, not that Detroit is killing it, but they're stronger than Chicago. Mm-hmm. Because as they move forward, they're going to have to keep getting into games. And you look at Skinner. Last time I checked, I think he was ninth in total minutes played. And 
you know, it's, it's it doesn't seem like a big deal in the middle of January, but as it moves through February and March, where it gets a little bit heavier in April, then hopefully a deep run in May, and, May or uh, April, May, and June, you need to have a goalie that's somewhat fresh. So you got I think they have to find out in their mind, think in their mind, what is the total number of games we want them to play in, and then try to pick those out. Obviously, we can't predict injury and, and such, but and then work backwards and think these are the games that he's going to get into. He being the backup. Uh, in this case, Calvin. Stradi, what's your fun prediction for tonight? Uh, I think that, they, you know, we looked at the last game. I think the Senators, you know, they, they, the Oilers, it could have been, you know, I think the chances were like 10-1 to 1 or something in the first period. They were all over them. And I don't think Chicago gets as lucky as the Sens. Uh, the Sens goalie played really well. So I think this one is about 4 nothing after the first. Then everyone just drops it in cruise control to have a nice Wednesday morning breakfast. Wednesday morning breakfast. All right, Stratty, uh, have yourself a good one. Turn your lights on and uh, let us know. Let us know about the two pay place if you find one, okay? <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> There's Jason Stradwick. Strad's on, brought to you by Action Electrical. Gregor Brown, Hallie with you. Five questions is next, followed by Speck will join us in Chicago and more on The Gregor Show, presented by Play Alberta. Jason Gregor, Sean Brown, Connor Hallie with you as we uh, roll through a lovely. Ah, lovely. You know what? Lovely's all in the eye of the beholder. I love snow. Got out there, was shoveling. It was now it's super light, so uh, that was nice. But it's just nice to have it. It covers all the brown. It just looks better. Now I also know it's getting bitterly cold here. So for whatever reason, I find if there's snow, it'll be cold, but it won't feel as cold. Now maybe that's just mental for me. It just looks better. Yeah, I just wanted the snow to be okay. Yeah, it's barely cold out, but geez, at least it looks better. So, um, so buckle up because uh, we're coming in on Thursday, Friday, Saturday right now. It looks like, what is Friday overnight? I think minus 39. Like, that's obviously scary cold. So, uh, everybody, if you see anybody stranded, this is the time where you want to pull over and help them out if you can for the next few days. So, let's all be uh, helpful to our fellow uh, Albertans and uh, get everybody home safe because it is going to be chilly. And, uh, hey, let's get to five questions now brought to you by The Brick. And you know what? It's going to be cold outside, but if you want to warm up, you want to warm your heart, well, guess what? Go to The Brick right now because you can get great savings. Uh, 700 bucks off of big screen TVs. Uh, you can also get, how about this, um, $1,700 because you're going to need it. When is this cold out? Who doesn't like just curling up, you know, binge watching your show on a couch, recliner sofas, $1,700 off. Oh, baby, love the recliner. It's like the greatest invention of furniture. Honestly, I think like furniture might have peaked when they put in the recliner. I don't know if you can find a better one. Now you can have different types of materials, but a good plush, thick recliner. Uh, and I, I don't know why, but I, I for whatever reason, and this is probably maybe a stereotype, but I find that dads, they respect it and they appreciate the recliners more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, God. Like, I love it, man. I still remember my dad as well. Like, a, he had a rocking chair or recliner. And, f- man, I'd come home Friday night. He was sleeping in that thing. And I just kind of staying. It was so funny to be like, Dad, go to bed. <laughs> so funny. And I'm like, God, I just can't wait to do that to my son. Just be yeah. like, yeah, I'll come in. Yeah. Because it's like the polite way of me knowing that now he's home. Yeah. He woke me up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just thinking, what an idiot, he fell asleep again. Like you said, especially on days like this where it's so chilly. Nobody wants to go outside. No. You can cozy up there and watch some nice sports. Oh, I love the recliner. Let's go, con man. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, ask uh, a couple of coaches some coaches' questions here. If you're a coach Knobloch, what is the message to the Oilers as they take on a... Uh, a weaker Chicago Blackhawks team tonight. Just fight, take their belief away. Um, get pucks in. Do all the little things. Hit. Get on their. Get on their defensemen. Um, you know, and just create some traffic in front of that. The longer a team like this starts to believe and and feels like they're hanging around, right? Things start to get dangerous. So get on them early, right away. I would just show them their last few home games. Win over Calgary, win over Winnipeg, victory over Colorado. Three of their last four home games, that's who they've beaten. Colorado and Winnipeg, like who, by the way, along with the orders, are all top five teams in NHL since November 24th. So, um, you know, the Jets have the second best points percentage, the orders are first, and Colorado's fifth. So I would just subtly put that in there. You know, I don't know, get somebody to put up a sheet. What? Chicago beat Winnipeg? What? They beat Colorado? All right. 
There you go. It's just a subtle Good little thing. You don't even have to say anything. Good I point. just throw that in there. Great point. Question number two. Uh, we'll stick with the Blackhawks. Uh, how long before they are legit playoff contenders? I'd have to say a while. I mean, they got Bedard, but, um, you know, even for a player like that, you know, he's got to go through some growing pains. They got to get into, you know, he's got to play some meaningful games. And then on, so experiences is, is a big, you know, is going to be a big factor. So, gee, I, I would have to say probably three years, three, three, four years. I mean, right now they're in this, you know, the Celebrini stakes lottery stakes right so if they get him well he's gonna have to have some growing pains and have to be in the same situation so I, it's gotta be three or four years for me it's gonna be a lot of turnover in chicago um you 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 look at it and unlike crosby unlike mcdavid unlike matthews those guys when they got drafted the team had stunk but they had those other high-end draft picks they were kind of the last ones right Matthews had Marner before him and Riley before him. And, you know, they built their team pretty quickly. Uh, you know, same with Patrick Kane, right? They had Keith and Seabrook and other guys there. Well, who's Bedard have? He's got Kevin Korchinski. That's it. One year older. I'm going to say minimum four years. Okay. Uh, well, we're already looking into the future here. Let's say it's uh, five years ahead. It is January 9th as well. Who won the Ducks-Flyers trade from yesterday? Oh, that's a good question, man. Um, it's it's going to be hard to compare. Um, it might be easier because uh, Goche is a forward, so he might produce more points. But man, if Drysdale stays healthy, he is a really good player. Very like he is perfect for how today's game is played for puck moving defenseman Brownie. So, I, I'm going to lean towards Drysdale because I've seen him in the NHL. I'll go. I'll agree with you. I think Philly. I mean, to find a, a right-handed, skilled defenseman, they're just they're hard to find. Um. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The fact that, you know, Goche, he's he's a prospect and he's got a ton of potential, but that's it. Um, the fact that he, I find it really odd, you know, to, to kind of, not want to just be grateful for the opportunity just to play in the NHL. Uh, who knows why he wants out? It'd be interesting when that story, you know, eventually comes out here. But the fact that he wants out kind of, there's a little, some red flags for me to be like, it's going to be a grind for, for any player, uh, you know, to play in the NHL. You're going to go through a lot. And the fact that he wanted out with actually no experience and never, and not being just grateful for it. What's he going to do when things really get tough? Yeah. I wonder. Question number four. After winning the national championship last night with Michigan, what would you do next if you were Jim Harbaugh? Maybe uh, the most in-demand he'll ever be. 
Yeah, he's probably going to cash in in the uh, in the NFL. The first thing I would do is Jim Harbaugh. I'd say, you know what? Maybe I'd try to avoid the cheating, whichever team I'm sticking with. So that'd be number one. But uh, I'm going to say uh, he goes to a team that is desperate. The Chargers. Yeah. I, I'm. Uh, those guys could make a lot of money as coaches. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to go anywhere. Right. I mean, you're obviously in a great program. You've built a great program. You've won. When you win, it's obviously easier to recruit and and will probably help win again. I mean, it's it's winning's hard. And when you're in a good situation, you're making good money. I say stay. And, uh, you know, sometimes pros hard, right? Those, you know, you're dealing with athletes that are making a ton of money. They're a lot harder to deal with and players that the NCAA that there's a different there's a different way to coach them uh you know for me i would it sounds like he's in a pretty good spot financially i'm sure he's fine i'd be riding it out final question for you guys today I had to do some research it is national balloon ascension day what? So, yeah, I, I don't know the picture had hot air balloons so my question is <laughs> have you ever been in a hot air balloon and if not would you ever go for a little ride i have been and yeah, I thought it was fine. It was it was really good for the first bit. Then after a while, I'm kind of like, eh, all right, I'm being up here. Like you know, we're floating along. It's good. And uh, I think we had a picnic, and so yeah, it was okay. It was not. Um, it was fun to do once. You know, I, I guess the only time I do it now is if my son really wants to do it because it's an experience for him. But I would. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, I, I was. It was nice early, but the the, uh, the thrill wore off quickly. I just don't. It's interesting. I just see nothing nice about that. Nothing excites me about that. It actually gives me anxiety thinking about it. Well, you're scared of heights. Yeah, I just yeah. like what would be fun. I just what would be fun sitting up there in a hot air balloon, looking. You know, like oh, well, the site was pretty nice. Yeah, we that would be sunset. Beautiful. The site was nice, yeah. and you know, we had a we had a picnic, and so you have the basket. Have you know? I think we had a few drinks and everything, yeah. and some food. So it was it was nice. Like it's like a supper thing. It was okay, but. Um, You're having supper up there? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty big, man. You're sitting there. Oh, yeah, it's massive. You have a little table in there. It's pretty huge. I can't even picture that and oh, imagine yeah. that being having yeah. supper. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, it was not. Like so, we had sandwiches. It wasn't yeah. like we're cooking steak. Yeah, so the bass- Although I should, you know, I got the hot air. I just should have, you know, had maybe yeah. some hot dogs and be roasting them up there. But where's the basket up to? Is it up to your armpit or what is it? Yeah, it was probably just below, right? Because, um,. Now that I think about it, yeah, because you're obviously don't want people to lean over. Yeah. So I think for me, I'm what six feet. So it was, yeah, probably if I'm recalling, I think it was like maybe right at, uh, um, you know, like my chest bone. Yeah. yeah. I just oh the anxiety of being up there. Oh yeah, see the heights don't balloon, bother me. Which though, is, so. that, that would freak me right <laughs> out. I often see them on nice days from where I live in Shore Park. You see the big Remax, you know, balloon up there, and I'm just like, man, like. What are those people thinking? That would freak me right out. Like I was watching. I don't know how it came up on one of my reels. Someone was out there parasailing and the wind kicked up and they wind up. I don't know. Oh, they flip them all around? No, this guy somehow like this, the rope broke and the guy drifted off. Like I had anxiety just watching the video clip. So yeah, for me... Not even, not a chance I would even think about that. Nothing is enjoyable about that. Nothing (laughs) excites me. It makes me nervous and queasy. I just would, I'd be a a disaster up there. Cons? I mean, I I respect that you did it, Gregor, but I think I'm Team Brownie on this one. Uh, You don't like heights either? I don't love heights the older I get. I, if I would have done this when I was younger, it would have been fine. Like I feel like the older I get, the more of a nervous flyer I am, too. Oh. So uh, I, I think the sight lines would be fantastic. If I did it, I don't think I'd regret it. But we did like a, a one of those bridges in Golden a couple of years ago. That kind of Like sway. a bungee jump? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. I would don't think I, Well, maybe I'd try that. that. Maybe. But it was just like one of those bridges that kind of sway and stuff and yeah, I learned something about myself that day. I'm uh, not quite as fearless as I used to be. <laughs> That's funny that you bring up Golden and that bridge, because you know how they've done that construction <laughs> as you're coming, you know, you'd be going, it's like you're right on the side. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so we always go to Kelowna, like everyone else, during the summer at different times. And uh, that alone, the anxiety that that creates in me is like, like it's so uncomfortable for me to go there. Um 
man, I just, I, I just, it, I, 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 admire. Think to, I think we might have to take you to this summer to uh, the Snow Valley Aerial Park. Are you talking like a literal bridge, like you drive across? Or no, just the, the highway. Bridge? I'm talking the highway. Oh, yeah, I'm not talking about the highway. I did that. That part of the <laughs> section of the highway freaks me right out. Oh, okay, man. we're a little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this like is you, a bridge you walk Brown, across, Brown and it's Brownie's <laughs> dropping his mitts, no problem. But ooh, geez, I'm in my car here. This bridge is a little honky. Oh, please help me. It's amazing to know. It's totally fine, though. How you'll be there. Yeah. Well, guys, like, hey, you want to go? Yeah, no problem. Let's sit here and we'll exchange punches in the face. But hey, Brownie, we're in the car. Do you want to drive over that bridge? Does it look solid? <laughs> is it completely solid? Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's a horrible fear to have, honestly. Yeah, no, that's fair. The anxiety that I can't even explain it. It just amazes me uh. after a flight. And oh yeah, well you don't like flying either, do you? Well, that's I mean, anything heights flying. Uh. Like, is it is it turbulent at all in a hot air balloon? Like, do you no, feel anything? No, I didn't. Well, I- I didn't feel anything. No, I've had turbulence in a plane before. So, no, I didn't feel anything like that. No, it wasn't. Uh, like, basically, just like every now and then you hear the. Because <sighs> it, it heats up. The, uh, that's about it. Right? Yeah. That's, oh. all, that's all you're hearing. So, did you fly with Rod? I did, yeah. Yeah, because you two. Did you two used to sit beside each other because yeah. you're both bad flyers? Yeah, Rod was great. He tried helping me a yeah. lot. I mean, I've done everything. I've sat in cockpits. It was so funny because. I'd, you know, we, we flew and we chartered and there was only our team on there. So I would usually get on there and I would take my suit off and basically fly in my underwear and t-shirt. Just cause you're sweating so much. Yeah. It was so, and, and so, you know, the stewardess were often like, Hey, is everything okay? And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, don't, don't worry yeah, about oh, it. There's Brownie and it's tight. They're like, hey, mix in some boxer shorts there, tidy whitey. Yeah, the heat I would take from the guys because oh. they were like, Brownie, he's just doing that to get attention. Because they would all, you know, they're always like, hey, can I help you? Is there yeah. anything I can do? And I'm like, honestly, you just leave me alone. Let yeah. me just kind of work my way through this. But I took a lot of heat for oh, that. Oh, that's awesome. Brownie, have yourself a good one. Score prediction quick. Uh, Let's go 5-1. 5-1. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. We'll chat with you next Tuesday. Okay. Sean Brown, a regular Tuesday guest here on Sports 1440 and the Gregor Show, presented by Ca. Let's get to Connor Halley, Sports 1440 update, brought to you by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize. Or download their new Booster's reward app to earn, order, and enjoy at Booster Juice. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 